This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do obviously amazing things and today I have Mark Devo of Devo Effects and I've been waiting for this one for a long time so I'm going to get my money's what I guess. <laughs> Ask away. I'm an open book, my friend. Thanks for coming in today, Mark. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Um, I'll start with, you know, give us a little bit of background of yourself. Um, we can swear on that show, right? Yes, you can. Fuck. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I spent 20 years in the military. I retired. Moved down here in Nova Scotia. And then uh, I said that that's, I always wanted to do that as a career or something so i just started and just stuff just started rolling to the short film and then it just went <laughs> so yeah. how did you even get into making this guys uh really i just i like i i saw a trailer when it came out thriller like a long time ago mm. And I bought the VHS tape, and at the end, like back in the day, you had to wait till everything is done, and then you get the special features and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. But like they were showing Rick Baker and like how like the process of it. Yeah. And I was still pretty young, and I just got I got amazed. I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do. I joined the military, so I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, and I spent 20 years, and when I retired, I'm like, do you know what? If it's just a hobby, like it's fun, like it's. It's cool doing stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. my basement is just a. <laughs> it's, it's there's stuff everywhere. Yeah. And uh, no, I just think it's fun. But every day, that's what I, that that's what I did when I first started though. Like every because I was starting, I didn't want to go to school for it because really, what's the point? Like the Rick Bakers and the Dick Smith and all those guys, they just. You know, it's the old way of doing stuff. It's experiencing and, you know, smash your face on the ground because you're screwed up and, you know, go back up. You have an experience, something you can relate to, and then you move on, right? Mm. So every day I'm trying something new, like I'm sculpting or molding something tricky or uh, animatronics or anything. Like there's not a day I do the same stuff. Mm. So it keeps my mind busy and, yeah, it's fun. Wow. I like it. How long has it been now? It's almost 10 years. Hmm. <clears throat> Do you remember the very first one you made? Yeah, actually, I have a picture on my Instagram. That it was like a zombie. And uh, that was in 92, I think. Like, I was just brand new in the military and stuff. And uh, I shoved my face in a... In a... <laughs> in a in a shoe box and i kind of vaseline my face and shove my face in it and just to get the to do the negative of my face right so i kind of lose some i lost a few eyebrows on that one <laughs> and uh but it turned out great like is like for what it is mm. like i when you first start you know the da vinci like you forget about it like it's it looks like crap mm. but you know it was cool and you learn from it and then i just when I retired, like I just needed something to keep myself busy, you know. So it just developed into something that was just—it's just a monster of its own, really. Mm. And the very first one we walked in. The very first one. Film, yeah. I think it was Katrina's new bow. It's like a short film, and. Uh, yeah, I did a zombie in there. I did a fake uh, chess piece where a snake came out. And uh, I looked back at it and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> how, how long ago oh, was this? Oh, that, that was when I first came in, like maybe in 2011 or something. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, man, this looks awful. <laughs> uh, but, you know, once again, it's experience and you grew from it. Mm. Yeah, that was the first show. Um, and then, okay, so you realized, I, I actually remember, um, Luke Freeman, uh, had a film, Lord of Chaos, and that's kind of 
how I got to know about you and what you're doing. And I'm guessing with that monster, with the Lord of Chaos himself, what was the process of building now? Because it's like a huge, huge well, monster. No, it's not huge. The guy under the monster is huge. <laughs> <laughs> it was Glenn who did the... Glenn did the... Uh, Glenn, Le Glenn Lefjack did the, the creature and... I, I just, you know, wanted something cool, something different. Mm. And again, I was early in my sculpting and, and growing uh, artistic career, if I should say. And uh, yeah, that was, that was just just fun. Like just to create a monster, mm. it's just fun. Like right now I'm, I'm building a, a cyclop. Oh, wow. Like full-size cyclop, full animatronic eye mechanics for uh lips and all that stuff with mechanics for hands because the hands are like massively oh wow uh and then the feet and all that and but it's just fun how long does it take to make one i don't know <laughs> like it it really like it it, it all depends yeah. like um like it, let's say i get a it all depends the time that you're given mm. Because some productions, like they got, like even if they have monsters, zombies, and all that, for some reason they go for not four, but they wait at the last minute to get their quote and find out who should get, like what's the quality you want. <laughs> not really, because that's at the end of the day. Yeah. If you're talking special effects like that, mm. you're putting that in front of a screen, and if, like this is like a big thing like you're paying money for this so it should be top notch all the time mm. but that's the opposite that happens like oh we need a fake head okay uh just give me something for 500 bucks <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah giddy up i lost my train of thought no, that so, happens all the time by so the way. no no no. i'm saying with the five like why do you think the production companies wait so late to ask you to come build something? I don't know. Like it's it's at, at that point, it's just organizational skills, really. Mm. Uh, like the it was back in the military, like I was a I was a sergeant, so it's part it was part of my duties to organize stuff, like anything, from going to battle to organizing a sick parade in the morning. So there's some steps like there's production there's sometimes there's too many product producers because mm. everybody wants their you know i want the creature to look a bit like this and a bit like that and a bit like this and a bit. but at the end you always go back to the first design <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah sometimes there's just too many people involved there's just two and they wait at the last minute and they're like what oh, we forgot about it like the first season of Frontier, I think they didn't have anything for special effects. No? They just didn't. It was not in the budget. Oh, wow. If I'm not mistaken. So, uh... So, because, uh, you know, you build your budget, there's, you know, there's programs. Yeah, there's yeah. Cut and paste. And... <laughs> but, like, when you uh, build... <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Go back five seconds and... <laughs> edit that when, when you design a budget for any production and you it's based on the script right so if the script said somebody got their head cut off we are not going to cut an actual human being's head we need to build something like this right so so it's already written in the script you know when you're budgeting you're, you're going to have to budget for that right I mean it should yeah like is it like it's like uh, if somebody calls me, they send me their script. So I break down the script, mm. and then I say, "Boy, you have an effect there. We can do that. We have an effect there. We can do that. Effect there. We can do that. Effect there. We can do that." Grossly, I'll call you in forty-eight hours with a quote. Because mm. if I give you a quote right away, it's like I need to research. Like, how many people am I gonna have to hire? How many materials do I need? Mm. Uh, plus you need extra for testing. Like if you mean, like if you have an exploding head, sorry, but you have to blow a few just to make sure that you have the right material or respond the way they want. And 
so the costs go up really fast. Uh, and as the special effects guy, you have to think in a way, like, what does the producer, the producer want? Mm. You want to save money. What does the director want? He wants production value. He mm. wants everything on the screen that looks great, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then you have, the, like, the money people and, like, all that stuff. Mm. But instead of going, like, before, get the specialist who does that for a living. Sit down and say, this is what we have. This is the pre-production we have. This is the budget we have. Then, if you give me enough time, we can sit down and come up with a better option, cheaper option mm. to do things. Because you can make a cheap seven-foot monster, but you can make a really great seven-foot monster with a few thousand dollars extra. Mm. Or a sculptor that's like top notch. Bring him in for a week, having sculpt something that's just immaculate, and then you mold it, and you know it's perfect. Production value is top notch, mm. but it's not happening all the time. <laughs> okay, so uh, have you had an experience of a, a production that had every like all your ducks in a row uh, when it came to effects? Lizzie Borden was pretty good. Mm. What did you build? I, uh, Lizzie Borden, I was not building anything. Oh, okay. Because it was um, Anderson, David Anderson, who in Los Angeles, who did, uh, like he did all the American Horror Story and stuff. And so he builds everything, he sends you everything, and then you have to test it on set and send pictures and all that. Uh, big driver was cool, but uh, no ducks in a row. They were all <laughs> fucking running everywhere. Uh, I don't know, actually. Like, they, they, all production has their quirks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think short films are, like, most relaxed. Like, there's no stress. There's no, there's no panic. There's... I always say, listen, nobody dies at the end of the day, except in the script. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah. No, I think it's it's pretty much a mess all the time. <laughs> <laughs> how was like um, working on Lord of Chaos though? That was fun. Mm. That was fun. I guess like I was a producer and the makeup guy, and no, it was fun. Like every everybody knew what they were doing. Pasha was just crying on cue that guy's amazing yeah i know that guy is amazing and uh there's not enough recognition for that guy i agree really not enough i agree uh because that film lord of chaos is a film that i saw pasha in and i knew i wanted to have him in my film right away and luke was like oh, i'm gonna introduce you guys and pasha is just the ultimate gentleman he, yeah. he if he says he's gonna do something he's gonna do it and he he rose up to the occasion time and again he kept saying was that good was that? yes it was great like i don't have any problem with you it was great just just keep doing what you're doing yeah it was great yeah, it was that, great working that, that guy was insane like oh like the scenes at the end with the with the little girl mm. uh it's like all right it's got the next setup and all that stuff he would take off or just just in his all right go cue i think he five like he cried five times in a row Mm. And you just took off a minute, came back, dry, cry. It's like, dude, you're amazing. <laughs> um, and I know that the the film was kind of based on your story in a way. Yeah, in a way. well, yes, in a way, not like it was just like I, I was just trying to come up with something because me and Luke were like we loved the old movies like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and. We want to do stuff like that, like have a big creature. It doesn't have to be a slasher movie. It doesn't have to be a science fiction or anything. Like it can be just a story about a kid and a monster. Mm. The monster is not really a monster, mm. but it's you never see that. And I kind of found that, uh, like film fives and 
like they tend to push people away from doing that do you know what it's the best way actually that people can train to actually organize their stuff probably mm. let them do what they want it's their movies not yours your job is to orient them and in their choice to do the right thing in order to complete their project and learn on it mm. not you know what this is not a subject for you <laughs> like Bull. Ray like I, I who was it I did something quick and I think it was for film 5 and their thing was no iconic things and no uh, was something else and uh, the girls there rented the DeLorean actually I think it's uh, Stephanie Clattenburg hmm. and uh, Naomi uh Their last name, mm. anyway. So they rented the DeLorean, they did it anyway. It looks great. Uh, so, like, if you have something in mind, just do it. Yeah, but I guess, especially talking on film five now, because that's how I made my film. I drawn the lovers film with Pasha. What would you think, or what do you think in your experience is the reason why they don't try to touch such films? I, I, I have no clue. It's either it's it's either just a a way of thinking or a mentality or uh it's, i i don't know cuz i'm not in that circle mm. uh, cuz i don't i don't mingle i i don't like the parties where there's too much people and stuff mm. <clears throat> so um i don't much you know again that's in, awesome let's go back what is the when you want to make something like this, what does it start as? Because this is you, your face, pretty much. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. What happens? Like, do you pour a pile of this thing all over? Well, if you want to do a live cast and you want to do it by yourself, good luck. <laughs> that's, what I, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. You just do a live cast like Cassie and I think my buddy Keith or Bruno helped me out and uh, just did my head. And uh, after that, you have what we call a negative. So it's just an imprint, really, of that face. Mm. So in order to do anything, I need to make a positive of that negative so I can see the... What this. it looks like, yeah. So for making a head like that you make the live cast and then you pour hot clay in there and then you take it out you have to re-sculpt it because you know you have eyebrows you have you have bits you have bubbles you have this you have that so we sculpt the ear the nose all that stuff and then you have to make another mold because you just cleaned up your first mold oh wow <laughs> yeah so now that you have a perfect head you have to make a mold of that Oh. So now that you have that mold of that perfect head, the live cast it. just, it's scrap, really. And then you have a mold of a perfect head that you can do pretty much whatever you want. So here's the thing, though, with our live cast, do you, is it like a bubble of some kind you sit inside to do that? Or how does the thing stay and then form your head? Oh, it's just, it's, uh, you can use two things. You can use silicone. Uh, which is more expensive, but you can keep it for a while. And then you can do it in alginate. Alginate is way cheaper. Uh, it's uh, algae base. Uh, so it's just mixed with, with water. The same thing that dentists use for to mold your teeth. Mm. It's the exact same thing, but we use it for your head. Oh, okay. So you dump that on the head, dump that on the head, and then do a plaster um, like we did with Kevin St. Pierre, who come to the shop. <clears throat> We do that, separate it, open it, and then you have your live gas. How but long it's does a, it take? Uh, for us, it's pretty quick. Like, usually half hour it's done. Oh, wow. So you just have to sit down, not move too much for half an hour. You go to the spa, you're at the beach, you put your feet up, beer on the side. <laughs> I don't think so. And have you had a, an experience where someone's panicking when... Oh, yeah. <laughs> now do you handle that? You just... You just yeah, that's it. If you panic when they're panicking, you're not helping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're like, 
Get out. So, because it's just a, it's the, the fight or flight that kicks in, right? And mm. they're just flying. Mm. They're really flying. <laughs> so you just have to hold them with the, hold the, hold the, hold the legs down and do the, whoa, 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 just stay down. And you just, you know, you just peel it off and it's fine. Or sometimes it's just a question of they open their mouth, you shove your finger in there, make an opening and everything is fine. Oh. It's just the sensation or the way they feel at that moment that just, oh, I got to panic. <laughs> is, so is it like heavy or? It's relaxing, really. Like it's, I compare it to like putting your head on the water. Mm. But you can breathe. Okay. Because uh, I was about to ask, there are no nostrils in this thing, right? There. Oh. <laughs> there. Like, oh, right there. So when when you point the, the plus, the alginate or silicone on someone, is it warm, hot? Uh, it's room temperature, but it's it's silicone, right? Uh, so okay. you, you apply it, it it's cold. Ew. Like it's not like, oh, <laughs> dying for from hypothermia on the spot. Okay. Like it's, it's really subtle. It's relaxing. Like you can ask Kevin, Kevin's like, I was amazed how quick and how relaxing it was. Cause as soon as you do the back half mm. of the sport and the supporting shell, you can literally like just lay down and put your head against it. And it's like, you're in the bed. Have <laughs> <laughs> you had people actually sleep off while doing that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so now how do you do the the eyebrows and the the beard and and that? Punch one by one. What? You take a needle and you just punch, 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 punch. That might be the hardest. That's the hardest part, right? Uh, the eyebrows are the worst. Like these eyebrows are awful. Like more I look at it, it's awful. Mm. Cause um, depending on what you use as well for hair. Mm -hmm. is gonna reflect in where it is like i'm not gonna use the same hair for eyebrows that i'm gonna use for beard oh like i for some people i may have to use fur like hair of fur mm. one by one just to make sure that it's nice and subtle and not too heavy mm -hmm. and then you have that <laughs> is it needles that you used to put them in or you like they the they sell needles that that has like a bunch of, it's called a felting needle mm. and that's like for big job like big surface job and you go at it like you just punch 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 and you just make sure that it doesn't look all bunchy and all uh doll like or hair plug like mm. uh and when you get to areas like that, then you have to go one by one with a tweezer. And Man, next. that's super detailed. Well, you have no choice. You're putting it on, on camera. Mm. And cameras now, you can't. You can't fake it. Yeah. You cannot fake it. Mm. So there's no more room for, <laughs> oh, that's good enough. <laughs> no, you're shooting in 4K. Like, you can see somebody fart from across the street. <laughs> like, you, you can see the jeans flickable. Like, it really, you can't fake it anymore. <laughs> um, okay. And um, now, with the blood, what are, what are some of the things you use for blood when, when, say, this guy got shot in his head? What would be the process of making this head bleed? Uh... Depends on how they want it and what's causing it. And is he shot? Is he? Are they removing a knife or a, a instrument of some sort? Uh, do they want it to like gush like in uh, like in Kill Bill, or do you want it actually natural? Like, there's there's a bunch of questions I'm asking before I do a gag of oh, let's just gush. No, 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 no. calm down. <laughs> so I would just make a head and decide like, do I need a hard core? Do I need a soft core? Is it going to be shot wide? Is it going to be shot close-ups? How close are you going to go? What angle are you looking for? Yeah. Uh, what kind of light are you going to use? Because that's going to tell me how I'm going to do the finish on the head. Like, 
as a special effects makeup artist, you have to be director, DOP. <laughs> like, you have to know that stuff. Like, you have no choice. Because mm. then, because the director may not think of a shot he can do. Mm. And then you're like, check this out. If we do this, if we do that, like that. It's like, oh, and then I saw that. <laughs> and then it's just like, because we're all like nerds. Ain't like every blood gag you want to, ah. Yeah. So you have to come up with ideas that the director can think about or something that he's asking you. And then you can like do tests in the shop and say, do you know what? With orange light, this sucks. Like we can't see anything or it's going to be too heavy. Or mm. It's going to be too artificial mm. kind of thing. Um, wow. People think I'm bussy <laughs> on set. I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm trying to, do what you want yeah but there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of stuff and you know it's like on brick driver like they wanted one one dead character had red hair and then the one of the producers were like oh we like his thing was the red hair but when we shot instead of having a blue light like a full moon kind of thing he had orange light mm. so all the red was gone right yeah so you lose Everything that's red, you lose it. So I had to have a meeting with the director, the DOP, the producer, say, listen, if he doesn't change his light, you're not going to get your right. Mm. Are you going to change your light? Nope. I'm done. Wow. Man. <laughs> it, it sucks when, you know, things get to that um, level and, you know... <sighs> People need to be more flexible sometimes. It's everything that's creative. It's it's almost ego, it's almost ego driven kind of thing. And if you have somebody that's that doesn't care, or like like me, like I just love doing that. I don't care about the politics and the gossips and and all that. I just want to promote what we're doing. Mm. That's all. Like I can't wait to actually like I'm getting like I'm giving courses at the shop and I'm getting interns now and like people are looking at the workshops and they're like nobody teaches what you do anywhere in Halifax anywhere mm. so I'm like well, if you do special effects you do it like the people who does blockbuster special effects <clears throat> so I invest money and practice and What's the most, um, so in your shop, what are, what are, aren't some of these chemicals super dangerous though? Uh, yes, but if you have like good ventilation, uh, face mask, if you have the proper production, uh, mm. not production, protection, mm -hmm. you're fine. Okay. It's like working with a bomb. <laughs> it's not like working with a bomb. Oh, really? If you don't kick it, it's not going to blow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, wear your protection, you're fine. Um, what, what, what's your shop set up like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's changing because I have a plan in my head. Like, I'm tired of what I'm seeing because it's been like a while now. So, I'm going to, and I had that because I went and visit ADI in Los Angeles. Mm. And those guys, they're, um, Alec Gillis and uh, Tom Woodruff and like Tom played the alien like the xenomorph he played it uh, and they did Predator and like Tremors and like big shows and oh. their showroom slash techno uh, animatronics technology kind of corner mm. is their showroom and they did a movie and they were just going to scrap the, the sets and the guys were like are you trashing that? Yeah. Can we take it? Yeah. Thank you. So they just did a beautiful inside of a spaceship. Mm. So I'm like, oh. So I'm going to transform my shop, the downstairs, as a spaceship. Which particular ship? I don't know. More like the Nostromo kind of thing. Like, uh. like not clean, not, it has to be, you know, it has to live, like, some life in it. <laughs> like, rust and... Uh, yeah, and me and uh, 
my good partner Keith, we're gonna actually do a like a cryo chamber oh. <laughs> with the because I have a bookshelf and I just hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> really, because it has like all the makeup magazines and reference books and all that. I just like it's just ugly. So and one night I put I put my head on the last the last shelf. I'm like. You know what? That would be cool, like to do like a cryo chamber, like a bit like uh, you know, Event Horizon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what we're gonna build, and we're gonna have switches, and we're gonna change, like we're gonna put bulkheads, and have a seven foot predator in one corner. So I have to build an alien egg to put somewhere else, <laughs> just so just so we equalize a bit. <laughs> How long is that project going to take? It's uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a super massive and no, undertake. no, it's not. If you, s it's like anything, right? Like mm. if you sit down, you decide to do something, mm. or plan it ahead. Yeah. So, how am I going to do this? How cheaply can I do it? Mm. How effective can I do it? And how can I camouflage if I'm using cheap stuff properly? Mm. But you know, you can do really decent. Uh, space guns with like two liter coke bottles and and whatever like paper towel tubes and whatever you just put it together when it's painted it looks freaking like insane mm. but it's just it's just the shapes and the forms and maybe put an led here a bit switch here just enough to change it mm. and like you have a men in black shotgun <laughs> And you say you have interns now. How do you decide who interns with you? Uh, I don't. I just, they call me, they're like, uh, can I do my internship at your place? I'm like, you know, you're not going to be paid because I'm not working. Hmm. Uh, they're like, yeah, no problem. Whatever you can, I'll sweep the floor. And you know what? I accept more of those people than people that say, uh, oh, we'll call or where's your shop oh it's in the valley oh thank you very much <laughs> like really that's your level of interest yeah like yeah, if you yeah. really want to yeah. do it you're gonna you're gonna do it mm. it's like me like i never did animatronics ever how did ever. this guy come about talking of that how I, long did it take to build this guy and all this guy mm. this guy is basically the story behind it is that i was designing with 3d printer the same design that this is okay. and i'm friend with a guy in louisiana who does like fantastic stuff with 3d printers and, and stuff like that and he was literally designing at almost at the same time the same mechanism i was trying to design and for me it was just a question of how like should i put a piston instead of two molders should I put my motors facing right so I can have that kind of motion and that like it was more engineering kind of thing. Mm. And by talking to him, he's like, hey, I have one that's done here. I'm like, can can I buy it? Because that's what I'm trying to design, really. Yeah, I yeah. just and I I never touch animatronic in my life. I'm like, I'm learning. Like I and the guy's like, yeah. How much is it gonna cost you? I'm gonna and he sent me the files for his stuff. He sent me uh links for uh like universal joints and like super nice guy. Mm. And uh now I build my own. That's his design, but the, I'm like for the um cyclop, like it's it's different. Obviously. How big is the head of the cyclop? The eye is that big. What the eyes about that big, like it's you know the so the fabric softener mm. that's like beads and stuff. Uh, the top is like a like a half sphere. Yeah, that's the eye. Wow, but th that's that's not the eye itself. Like I'm gonna mold it and and make an eye out of it. But. And then, okay, so now. Um, how many interns do you currently work with now? And and then the people that are learning at the store, uh, do they just sign up online or how do they come to learn at your shop uh right now i have two and the one came from um eastern college the makeup thing mm. and the other one is coming from my memory 
sucks. Um, can't remember. Brendan, sorry. Um, and he's more, he's more like a props, oh, okay. how to mold. Like he's more the background guy, like how to paint and. Because what we do is not just like it's not just this like it's like prop making and soft and you know if somebody gets sword like through the through the entire body. How does that one work again? Like do you break it into two or what? It all depends on how it's shot or what you want to see. Okay. Like if you want to see the actual thing go through, mm. you can do like magicians and just like have a tube that goes around and have a soft enough material that when you push it just goes around and comes up at the end <laughs> oh or you can have one that's telescopic that's air pressure and just go pfft, spits out uh like there's wow it's it's problems like every every gag is different but mm. similar but there's always something like oh next time I'm, <laughs> mm. next time mm. Like I did that on front eight. That was the best day ever. One girl just, she, in the script, mm. she falls down the ravine, break her leg. So they just wanted a leg that's obviously offset. Like, okay. But then in the script, they put it in a rack that they basically do traction. And then they wanted the bone to go back in. Okay. So one night, uh, I'm holding my wife's leg, made a leg, put a hole in it put a dowel in it, like just a wooden dowel, just enough that it was able to do its thing, right? Mm. And when we did it on set, everybody was like, this is gross. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> did it have any blood in it? Nope. Oh, okay, okay. But like, if it's on my Instagram, like you can't see it. Like you see, like there's a a lump mm. where the bone is, and then as it goes, like, and you have the sound too. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, what what next? Like, what are you? I mean, apart from making the cyclop and working on the shop, what what are the things that you working on? Nothing really. Mm. I'm just working on my own short. I'm writing my own short for the the cyclop thing, and. Um, Working with Luke on several projects. Luke Freeman? Yeah, Luke Freeman. We're working on several projects. Like we have a TV series written, we have a feature written, we had two shorts written. We have, like, we just. Luke is super busy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Luke, you busy? <laughs> yeah. Is there shit in the woods? Yes. <laughs> And I mean, apart, apart from doing his own things, he's also working on other projects like uh, coming to the city. Um, do you know any? He's just somehow always super busy with all the productions coming here. Do they just call because they need something that you have to build right away? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> How do you handle that when you're like, oh yeah, we need it now? <laughs> but. And that's actually a good trick for anybody that works in film. Okay. Even for, for, for producers. There's a triangle. Mm. You have time. Mm -hmm. You have money. And you have quality. Mm. You can only have two. <laughs> really? You Is can it? only have two. Yeah. So if you don't give me time, it's going to cost you money if you want quality. Mm. And, like, all you have to do is just take one out and, okay. Yeah. So, if you want quality, you give not much money. You give the person a lot of time to work with. Once, somebody told me, I need a doll head. Fine. They send me the doll. I make a mold of prepping. I'm sculpting the new head that they want and all that. And it's Monday. Cool. Sculpt it. No response. Because, you know, I sent pictures and no response took a week but then i got a call saying okay it's good to go i'm like i just lost five days thank you <laughs> thank you very much but the thing is they wanted me to ship it by the monday stupid because 
you know, this and that. And like, you're giving me two days. Mm. So of course, you know, the hair on the doll head was punched, was punched. So I had to make it look also like a doll. Like it's, I have two days and I only have two hands. Mm. And, uh, yeah, they call me back. They're like, Oh, why is the hair is not staying on it all the time? I'm like, well, Stop pulling it first. <laughs> but also you gave me two days to like script, like put everything aside mm. for your project to be ready to be shipped on Monday. So Sunday I have to pack everything ready for sun for Monday morning. First yeah. thing to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I still had the mold to make. Mm. I still had to pour the thing in the molds take him out, paint them the best I could and punch the hair. But punching the hair, like, it takes a long time. Yeah. Do you think um, some of these people we work with, they don't understand the amount of work that goes into the thing you make? Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does. Greg Nicotero, who does, like, Walking Dead and all this stuff, he's going to say the same thing. Like, actually, they did a... Um, Donna Davis, they, she did a documentary, right? Yes. He even says it in there. Like, the producers imagine, like, you're going to come on set, you open the box, you press a button, and <laughs> everything happens. It's perfect. It works like it's supposed to. It's like, it's great. No. Or even a better one. I think that was on Transformers. They were dealing about, I think it's the tail at the beginning. Mm. Uh so they're like, oh, they were, whoever the director was, he, uh, he had an idea for the tale, blah, blah, blah. He gives it to the guy. Oh, can you come to my office now? <laughs> yeah. So he shows up with the old tale because yeah. that's all he had. And apparently he came in. It's like two hours traffic and all because it's LA. Mm. He's like, well, where is it? What do you mean? Where is it? <laughs> like, so, it's happened. Like. You need time, and more time you get, the cheaper it is. Because mm. then you don't have to hire sculptors. You don't have to hire mold makers. You don't have to hire painters. You don't have to hire, like, if you think about the um, shape of water, the suit and all the multiples pieces that were specialized for, uh, like, close-up shots and stuff. Mm. It took 90 people. Holy smokes. To build that. And he probably had like three months, two months, which is not a lot. Mm. But again, if you compare that to CG, CG is several hundred dollars a frame. And especially if you have to create something as a CG, it's more expensive. Mm. So really, take six months, have a good monster suit. You're going to have better reaction from your actors. Regardless, because it's physical, they can. Uh, it's not just a. <laughs> it's not just a tennis ball, right yeah, there, yeah. right? Yeah. Talking of talking of that, I was actually gonna ask you this, but good thing you brought it up. I was it's hot in here. I told you. <laughs> like, uh... I told you. It's I'm sw- you're talking. I'm sweating. I'm like, I'm losing it. Jesus. <laughs> but but like you know, as I was saying with the um, with CGI and special effects, why do you think that there are people that are still Huh, um, promote CGI. I think it's the lazy avenue because mm. they're made like if you look at both of them as a medium, they are perfect marriage. Perfect marriage. Mm. You can take a beautiful makeup like Red Skull in the first Avenger, uh, the, the Captain America, yeah, beautiful makeup without the CG. It's beautiful. CG, all they did was take the nose off mm. or like change a few things. Uh, like they're made together. But if you create something CG, it's like I, I watched The Last Predator that came out. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Uh, as soon as that stupid CGI monster came down, I'm like, I'm done. Because <laughs> it doesn't like it's it doesn't have a soul mm. like a guy in a suit 
there's something to it, even though you know it's a suit, mm. even though you know it's it's bulking at some place, so it's not really real, but you don't care. Like, it's cool. But if you have a big something that you're going to watch the movie two years later and the technology is going to change, your CGI is probably going to look like the Millennium Falcon from 73 <laughs> in Star Wars, like mm. just a patch, mm. right? So I think, I think making it practical mm. is cheaper. Mm. It takes longer, yes. But at the end, production value is way better. People tend... Like, you can hear people talking about CGI. They're tired of the CGI stuff. Like, the new Hellboy is perfect because it's, like, there's CGI in there, but everything is practical. Like, they like they went practical. It looks beautiful. Mm. That'd be a shitty movie, but it looks beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it, but everybody says that for some reason. Well, I'm not seeing it either. Um, so, here's the thing. Um... <clears throat> my last question would be this with all the experience what do you mean, last question <laughs> jeez that's it sorry <laughs> <laughs> man I like it it's cool would be with all this experience and the people you're training uh, if someone wants to come over to Greenwood to learn this what are some things some basics a person should know before they come to or um, things they should expect uh, you come, well, I, I, I'm an old school kind of guy. Like I really like the old ways of doing things, like apprenticeship, like a tattoo artist. Before you can actually tattoo, they make you go through certain steps. They may seem stupid as an apprentice, but they mean something. Mm. Like it's like sterilization and the cleanliness and the drawing and the this and the that. By being apprentice and working in a shop environment, it gives you all the tricks because you're doing it. Mm. You have to do it because the project has to leave the shop. So it's like, okay, I can start a mold and say, hey, you have to jump in, do this, do this, do this, try this trick. It's going to be because I have to keep going. So at the same time, I'm trying to cheat, to teach, and because I don't want to go on set anymore. I'm a I'm a shop guy now. Mm. I produce stuff. You want something? I'll send it over. I'll play the monster because it's cheaper. Like if you call me, you want to do a, a monster movie. I'll say off the bat, how much money you have? And do you want to pay for a full live cast? Like that would be a full body. Or do you want me to play the monster? Because I have everything already mm. molded. Because I have to practice, right? And Best way to practice is on yourself. Okay. No, Mark, actually, you know what? That was my last question. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh, but this is my last question now. Uh, you find that a lot of people uh, reach out to you to tell your story, right? And how do you feel about when your story is being told? What do you think, personally, would be the right way to tell your own story? Tell my own story? Yeah. I'm pretty fucking boring, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, really? Like, I'm not, like, I, sure, follow me around, like, TED TV, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you gotta see me going down the shop in my PJs and my, my shop shoes and my coffee mug and go for a smoke outside. Oh, yeah. What am I gonna do today? <laughs> like, really? Uh, I'm pretty boring. But, um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really for PTSD and helping out veterans. Because, mm -hmm. like, I still have issues. Because people think, like, it's, sometimes you can be good for, like, a few years and then you have a flashback and... Mm -hmm. Like me, lately, I had one and it was not pretty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was not pretty. But uh, shit happened. And me not going back on set. Mm. Um... And I like, like, I started a program to sculpt with veterans or first responders and stuff. Um, and the only reason why is that when I sculpt, I, like, my head is not there. Like, I'm just, 
like you're in your world and it's not over it's really hard to explain mm. it's it's really tough but your head is not there like you're just concentrated you do your stuff it's calming plus you're with other veterans or first responders so they can talk about their issues without having either a psychiatrist that you're sitting on a couch and how do you feel today mm. it's like that's the last thing those guys want to hear like they just want to learn a new thing or just i had one guy came you just had coffee mm. he sat with us all day didn't sculpt didn't want to sculpt he just wanted like a human interaction that they could understand him because mm. we i say we don't think the same it's not a right way to do it but like there's discipline that uh, 20 years you can't just shove aside right yeah so you, like i'm rough around the edges and no bs kind of guy and it's like straight to the point i don't roll over uh, no mm. so those kind of relationships we can like we need we need that kind of bonding mm. back because we don't we don't have it like i don't identify still I've been retired for 10 years and like there's situations I don't like I'm not there. It's like, I can't identify. Like I'm not it's like, Oh, I went to Afghanistan and Oh, I used to do this and that. Nobody understand that unless you're from the military. Mm. And how, how do they find it? The people that come to this program? So far, all I have is good, good uh, feedback, and there's no. It's not like you have to book a date, and it's not. It's free. I'm like, all you have to do is jump in your car, come to the shop. That's it. Mm. You don't want to do it again, then you don't. Like, there's no. I'm not pushing anybody. It's there. Use it. If you don't use it. Wow. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, you know, I've seen these things and I've been holding myself out from going to Dude, the shop. So <laughs> it's worse than Afghanistan. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to come to the shop. It won't be this hot today, right? <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm sweating a lot. No, it's fun. No, it's like it's. It's to, come to the shop, buddy. Like I will come to the shop. He keeps saying, oh, I'll be there, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll come to the shop. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. No problem. Thanks for having me. This is the Blackout Podcast. listening.